Hello, and welcome to Modest Conversations. Today, I'm here with Justin Schaefer, a dear friend who uh, used to be my bike riding partner in New York, founder of Hot Potato, um, longtime Facebook product manager, and now founder of Hot Studio. Also, importantly, my intern. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's no better job than being Sam's intern. Thank you for having me on Modest Conversations. It's great to have you. So, Justin, what's on your mind? So... For our modest conversation today, I thought I'd present something that I've been thinking about a bunch, which is just this idea that we're now living in a world where basically we have infinite access to communication and that mm -hmm. it's like not scarce. And so this is a relatively new concept, but it's going to affect a number of ways in which we live. And one that I find really fascinating is just this idea that like physical proximity is like not only becoming more scarce, but like also just going to become much, much more valuable. Yeah. And, and like, what does that affect? So that's, you know, a really big and interesting thought. I mean, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind with that is you think about like cities, right? And the age old debate of like, does communication technology make cities more or less valuable? The less valuable argument, meaning VR, you can be wherever you can live in the suburbs, no big deal. The urbanist argument being that like access to communication makes events easier to pull together and therefore it being even more valuable to be in the center it seems like for the last decade, the city argument has been the correct argument. Yeah, it's definitely like feels like it's been winning. Yeah. So, but I think that you had some other interesting takes on this. Like you were talking before, we've talked before about the, the like the event, how events change, or like the value of events. Yeah. Well, so I spent um, in my spare time, I spent the better part of the last two years working with a group of people that organized an event called Further Future. And one thing that I found really intriguing as, as I was thinking about like, the event itself and also like how we can sort of ascribe value to the, to the experience was that what further future really represents is a gathering of like, you know, potentially pretty interesting people. It's aspirational or sort of interesting conversations, but at a time when it's like actually like in a way more costly to like get people together than ever, ever before. And like, therefore people like really found a lot of value and just like being in a place proximate to other people they found interesting. And it actually felt like there's almost, I mean, infinite maybe a little aggressive, but there's like a tremendous amount of value to be built, just like reinforcing those kinds of experiences. So we, you know, we'll see where we go with further future, but like, it, it just felt like that's actually kind of the business theme, if you will, for like, you know, why we gather related to this, um, slow ventures recently invested in a company called collective retreats. Yep. We did. This is an interesting one to me, I think related to this concept. And there are like other businesses starting to form in this category where it's like, how do we like sort of scale up? sort of interesting communities of people or like physical presence in a place. Um, so what collective retreats is, is a bunch of like X, I think like Cornell hotel school folks who worked at Starwood for some time, they know the hotel business really well. Um, but what they've actually decided to do is build a hotel that actually doesn't have any physical infrastructure. Um, and where the value is like really just a function of like the gathering of the people. And they like make the experience nice as well, but like, it feels like the premium I'm paying there is to like get together with interesting yeah. people in an interesting place. Which is like the, the, the irony, I guess being, that if in a world of infinite free communication, you would think that gathering people together to talk and have conversations is fundamentally not valuable, but it's turning out that maybe the opposite is true, right? And these these kind of events, which I mean, people have talked before, and you have a lot of experience of like that Burning Man is kind of like the physical manifestation of the internet has been a concept people have had before. And this is like, how do you think about that, like as a proto community, and then some of these other communities that are in some ways similar, in some ways very different? I really like the physical manifestation of the internet point because I kind of feel like I grew up on the internet. I think there are two things here that are interesting to me and like related to this, but like maybe a little bit tangential. One was just that 
I'm a pretty curious guy, like exploring, I like kind of pushing myself. And I remember like being, I don't know, like 11 or 12 years old and like first getting on the internet and feeling like it was the like least familiar thing in my life. And therefore it was the most interesting because you could go and explore. Yeah. And like the experience of growing up in New York city was similar in this way. Like I got, I think I like started going to school roughly by myself, like on the subway when I was 13 and this probably means I have irresponsible parents, but like, <laughs> uh, in any case, and I was like also skateboarding and like rollerblading around the city. And there was this definitely like period of a few years where like every time you'd like turn a corner, like something new and interesting was happening. And like yeah. now the city feels very familiar. Burning Man for me, at least when I first started going out there, uh, gosh, seven years ago now was like an, another thing like that, where it was like, I really don't understand anything about the like structure of this. Like it's a system. Clearly there's like a bunch of, stuff going on, but like, it feels very opaque at first and then you get familiar with it. Yeah. But the, the thing that I also find so fascinating is when you think about the physical manifestation, there's also this really interesting thing, which I think relates back to the point about physical proximity. It's a really deliberate experience. Mm -hmm. You like quote, like go to burning man, you make a commitment. It's actually like really hard to get there. Frankly, it's like expensive, which is not the greatest, but you like, prepare you find a you group create of a here. commitment yeah it's a it's a big commitment and you like it's like you drive on this on-ramp you get on the burning man freeway for a while and then you drive off but while you're there you're very committed to being there so you may recall back in the days of you know when you had a modem there was like a ritual associated with like do, going and then you're like oh no we're actually not going to connect <laughs> yeah it's like oh my mom picked up the phone <laughs> um but you you would go on the internet, yeah. and then you'd be on the internet for a while. Yep. You weren't doing anything else. It was like, you're on IRC. Yeah, there was no tab talking. browsing. No, not at all. Right? Like, you like, had one focus at a time. Yeah, and then you were like, go on the. I would like go on the internet for four or five hours at a time, probably when I should have been doing my homework, and then I would be off of the internet. Yeah. And it's hard to like not draw a parallel between those yeah. two things. And in an environment where we have our phones all the time, like there's something about that yeah, well, element think, of the experience that's quite precious. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, I think it's... um. You know, I, I think I, I try this to I think I travel, which is something you and I have both had the pleasure of doing a fair amount of you more than me in the recent years. And it's interesting because there's a way to travel now globally. It used to be if you wanted to go to India or Indonesia or something, it was truly like you were going into a new environment at a new place. But the reality is, is with total communication, as well as frankly, the fact that there's a similar hotel everywhere in the world physically moving that way no longer gets you the same culture hopping or the same new experience. So it's interesting. It's almost like you're paying a premium with these events or these physical spaces, or how do you create barriers or a border, which allows you to kind of get almost, I mean, to use an over, over used term right now, like out of your filter bubble, right? Like how much are you willing to pay to try or be in a different true place intellectually, not just like physically? Yeah. And I think there's real, yeah, I think that's fascinating. I think the other real risk here is that you accident sometimes with too much like deliberate formation of community in this way, you run the risk of like actually creating another filter bubble or, or well, you, chamber you, viewer, which I is think like problematic as well. I, but I think, but, but it, that might it, be it's, fine it's, for like a short period of yeah, time. It's fine as long as you know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And the question is, is it the one you're normally stuck in? Right. Cause to me, it's like physical is you can think about physical space, you can think about intellectual space, you can think about a lot of spaces, you can travel very freely, but still be in the same space, right? Because it's no longer physical. Like the metaphor isn't so deliberate, right? Yeah. Um, you can be at home and working. You can be at work 
and at home. Like there's no, in some ways, your point about total communication has dissolved what were all these natural boundaries, right? And yeah. as a result, you know, you lived in a tab, tab browsing world, multi-app notification world where like you're just in one space all the time. And so what, it feels like almost what you're talking about is people paying either in time or money or effort and making very deliberate efforts, right, um, to move in a way that used to be pretty natural. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think we're going to see... You, you can't oh, skip town anymore. No, you, it's, you really can't. Um, and that, I think we're going to see more of that. It's going to come out in different ways. And so one way to like look at two different paths here in terms of investment, there are some things, some groups that are doing these like transient things, like Further Future is designed to be a very transient thing. Like the consistency is in the like, in essence, like the curation of the people that are coming together, uh, but it'll happen in different places and around different types mm -hmm. of content. Um, conversely, there there's some groups now building communities that are like designed around the idea of like, it's one group of people with homes in different places and like starting to make physical investment infrastructure and like teach their What's own an example of that. Um, there's a, there's a group in LA called Habitas, mm -hmm. uh, which are some folks from the music community, like sit like um, that uh, just like built up a, like, like a, it's not that the culture is like a fixed thing, but it's a group of people who kind of like having a certain type of experience together and like traveling together. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's almost the opposite so interestingly, this Habitas group came and like brought that community and like built their own little like camp actually at Further Future. And you could go to Habitas and have like a very like understood, it's kind of like going, it's like going to the, you know, a Starwood Hotel or like a whatever, sure. like in a different city. It was like, oh, you know, I, I, I get what this and is that, and that I, I can like plant down in this environment, which is like otherwise yeah. and unfamiliar. That, and that actually is, I think, a lot of what Collective Retreats thinks about as well, right? Which is this idea that like, you know, it's great to be in these different environments, but some consistency gives you access, right? Like, you know what to, you know what you're thinking, what you're going to get there, et cetera. Yeah. And I think also when you think about like, in, in business and in like in our culture, like what does a brand really represent? Like it represents trust yep. and like, and consistency of experience yep. we know is like the, maybe one of the best ways to start to build that trust yep. up over time. I mean, I used to talk a lot and think a lot about it in terms of like McDonald's and Starbucks, right? Like you can go to any place on earth and McDonald's is a McDonald's, a Starbucks, is a Starbucks basically. Yeah. And the one thing and about Starbucks is so fascinating is like, for many of us, like Starbucks is like associated with Wi-Fi more than it is even coffee. It's like, <laughs> I need to get on the internet. Cool. Like find a Starbucks. Yep. Yep. And so, but it's interesting because you think about those spaces on one hand, they're so constrained. It's like you used to, you go to a new culture, a new place, you were drinking the local tea, the local coffee shop coffee. Some of it might be awesome. A lot of it might not be. There's this whole question of access and there's all sorts of really interesting questions that spin out of that. But like, there's kind of this counter argument that like Starbucks has really ironically, knowing you can go anywhere and always get a Starbucks and McDonald's kind of opens up the world a little bit more, right? Because it makes yeah. it safer in a certain way. And I, I, I know that I'm arguing almost against myself in my earlier point, but it is an interesting dynamic about how these physical spaces and tr trusted brands and touch points, like what you kind of want is to be able to go further afield, but always know how to get back home quickly. Yeah, I think, I think that's, so this brings up this really interesting point, which is like, maybe to use the example from before, like, where the like on ramps and off ramps of like either deliberate or like unfamiliar experience exists in the world in the like physical space or yep. virtual space, frankly, are like going to like they're going to happen in like different ways. Yeah, like, and like the idea of like frankly, I mean, this is sort of weird, but like sitting in a Starbucks, throwing on a VR headset, and like being in another place, like sort of 
reminds me of the like do you, you read this book ready player one yeah of course um when he goes it's part on of the, the canon yeah when he goes on the bus so yeah. he moves he like has made enough money and he gets on the bus and he goes and like lives in an apartment building that's as close to the center of the network as possible sure. so that he can have faster access yeah, to, yeah. To, to that um we did have like as a bit of a side i had a really interesting travel related experience just recently uh-huh. i went with my wife to ethiopia mm-hmm. and i kind of hacked this on the way in I normally want to travel, like do some research or like, I want to do these sorts of things. But this was a trip with some people that we know who had like done some organization. We were like driving around rural Ethiopia, checking out some work that they're doing there. But I like went in very deliberately, like not having thought a lot about the trip beforehand and knowing that I was going to go to like a wildly different culture. And I think the experience I had was like much better for having like both been like very deliberate. About. There's like no internet access there at all either. So it was like, you're committed, you're all in for four or five days. And we were camping we had like the on these plateaus, it was beautiful, but it was another world mm-hmm. in a way that, to your point before, like feels harder and harder to access. That experience was like priceless. It yeah. was like probably one of the most interesting trips I've been on in my life, made even more so by the fact that I was like deliberate Great. about like not researching, not trying to like have an opinion yeah. about where I was going. Like, I don't know what that means yet, but like, I think I would have felt differently about it. Had I like gone with expectations? Had you known what you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, I guess I can relate that to like my first experience going to Burning Man. Frankly, like I didn't. Um, I had just moved to California. This is 2010, and I a friend. I ran into a friend of ours in the office at work. Um, my father just passed away. I was in kind of a like it was like a, I was in an exploratory state of mind, if you will. I'd run into a friend of ours in the office at work, and he'd said he was going to be out of the office for a bit. And I was like, "Where are you going?" He's like, uh, "Oh, don't worry about it." I'm like, are you going to Burning Man? I didn't know anything about it. Had never had never been, but I kind of chased him out there. But I went with like no plans, didn't know anything about it, didn't have like a camp or any of these things that you sort of this infrastructure that you theoretically need. I just went for one night and yeah. like brought enough water and cliff bars to like make it to the next morning, and then and that was the that was the whole experience. But absolutely a thousand percent made better by the fact that I like that you went know what you're that, into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a really. It's interesting. So let's go back to these communities that are coming up. So like take like a further future or something like it. It's like that isn't a experience you walk into knowing nothing, right? Like, I mean, there, there's a bunch of marketing online. You kind of know what the story is generally if you're kind of connected to the community in any way. Yeah. Um, I The disconnection point's an interesting one. Is further future? I've never actually been. Do you, Is there Wi-Fi access? Because there is at Burning Man now. And I kind of do wonder how cell access at Burning Man is changing that dynamic. It's a really interesting question. So short answer is there was supposed to be, but it didn't work very well. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, in theory, you could be connected. One thing that I think was interesting, though, is that especially at Burning Man 2, the sort of history was like you're disconnected there. So even though this year, like cell service actually worked, they used to just turn, they used to, there's cell service there. They just turn off the cell tower while Burning Man is going on. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. It's like, it totally works like the rest of the year um, and has for some time. But this year they didn't turn it off. I don't, I don't know why. Um, but I don't feel like I saw meaningfully more people using their phones. Really? No, I actually like, it was nice. And this is like, like there was a lot of Instagram going on. There may have been. And yeah. from outside looking in, it may be that you saw much more. And so that I might be wrong about that. But like just the experience of being there, like you go to Coachella or you go to a concert or something today, and like everybody has their phone out. Yeah, no, I, yeah. it's the sea of phones. It's it, basically it's very confusing. Yeah. And like, especially in the music community, specifically at Burning Man, where I've spent some time like on event production, if you will. Um, it was really nice to see that that was like 
didn't feel, I mean, it's, it's changing for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't feel like a meaningful shift in the experience. But I do think there's this, um, we're on a funny tangent here, but whatever. Um, there is this interesting thing about Burning Man, which is that Burning Man really does, I think, approximate a city. And one of the neat things about cities is they just change over time. They and do. it's not always predictable how they're going to change. They do. The question in my mind is, though, I mean, you can accept change in the technological imperative and where this stuff heads. But the question always is, and this has always been true, is like, what's lost, right? Like, what's lost that you're not noticing or don't even realize at times? And I, I do, you know... I mean, the other thing that's going on right now is I, and I don't know if it's just the circles I travel in, but like Esalon and like a lot of the in silent meditation retreats and everything, they've always been there, but like they seem like they're getting way more popular um, in a lot of ways. And I, I do wonder to what degree it's either consciously or subconsciously people realizing that, you know, the all the access to talk to everyone all the time has like a bunch of tack on effects about what you end up actually who you end up actually talking to and what you end up actually doing versus what you theoretically could. Um, yeah, that people are trying to emotionally like self medicate. So I think I've noticed the same. I find it pretty fascinating. I recently went to Esalen for the first time, and it was the same thing. Like super deliberate experience. You drive down there. There's no cell service, and you're around a really interesting group of people. Like different bias, different set of conversations, yep. some similar actually, but like, n- like not functionally different from like going on the internet in the early days, yeah. going to Burning Man, going to Further Future, whatever, um, or making a commitment to go to like a silent meditation retreat. So this is- Or like, frankly, something you and I do, which is you go to a ski lodge in the woods or you go yeah, to a kite swimming abso- camp, but it's absolutely. like these curated separate experiences um, that are all like focused and disconnected. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I wonder, I, th- I don't- I don't really know, but because I wasn't alive in the sixties, but like Esalen, for example, came out of that culture um, and sort of a lot of the like self-exploration that was going on. And they, that what they were focused on doing was building a like safe space for this kind of exploration, all these conversations to occur. And it's like evolved over time, but I still think is like very tied to that principle. But but interestingly, just to challenge that, my understanding of the history is the impetus that started these spaces was actually the opposite of what they're now being used for. What I mean by that is they were started because people lived in these pockets of communities. You might be interested in an idea. No one else in your community was interested in this idea. And so a flag went up, which was Esalon or like this event or that event. And like the draw was to take all these nodes that could never have reached each other and put them in one place to have a conversation that couldn't happen. Now it's the opposite, which is they can reach each other, no problem. But the problem is, is that just because of the total access and information, now it's no longer you need a flag, but you do need a refuge. It almost feels like an inversion, right? Of yeah. like their actual role. Yeah, I think that's right. It's like really, it's like we need. It's like in order to actually have a conversation, you need to like be quite they, deliberate about the structuring of the space to have it within. Right, right. It used to be that basically, if you wanted a piece of information or an idea, you couldn't get it, and you had to go somewhere to get it. And now it's like actually the information and the content is everywhere, right? But to actually pull disconnect from everything else that's otherwise distracting or in your way you need to like disconnect yeah i, I think that's, that's not articulately put but you get the idea <laughs> no, none of this is but it's great this that's is a lot the of point fun of a modest conversation <laughs> exactly um yeah i think that's i think that's true and i think that's like listen we look at different themes when we're building stuff or investing or whatever yeah. like this this one I don't feel like I even like really deeply understand, but it's I feel like I'm watching variations on it play out in like different parts of our lives. I mean, Aaron, my partner Aaron Sitting and I are working on building something that was sort of like an old concept on the internet that like isn't really super common right now. I think 
for kind of similar reasons, which is like there are there isn't really a great place to kind of gather in a relatively public space online right now, mm-hmm. like akin to like the early days of IRC. You can use Slack to like talk to people in a in your company or in, in a group of people they're interested in. You can use Twitter to like have conversations in public, but the conversations are pretty hard to follow. And like, so we thought, well, why not experiment with that? But like, what does that really mean? Is that sort of, does that become, if people use it, we'll see, does that become like a, in essence, like could, could we design for this idea of like a virtual meeting place that does represent deliberate experience? Can you even get away with that on the phone? Like I don't, right now it doesn't feel like you yeah, can. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but like now people are building meditation apps too. Like where's the like, interface yeah. between these things from a design perspective i mean I you know, know i come always from a social and economic perspective on a lot of this stuff and i think the question is just how do you create a place where the costs are set up as the in the right way with the right barrier financial social whatever it is um, and the equation is right for sharing and interacting that actually creates the outcome you're looking for yeah you really have to engineer it yeah, yeah for so, sure. so we'll see but i don't you know um, what's the name of this new meditation app that everybody's talking about? Headspace. It's not that new, but it's, it's great. Not, it's I, I love it. You use it, yeah. And so, what? Like, that's a thing on your phone. You open the app up, and it's sort of guiding you through some process over a period of time. That like, does that feel like a different interface to your your phone or like the internet than in other forms, or is it just like purely utilitarian happenstance that it's on your phone? Um, I mean, for me, I think when I think of it, I think about it, it's usually a choice between Instagram or Headspace. And I know one's good for me, but a little bit higher barrier, right? Um, being, you know, Headspace is like a slightly higher barrier thing for me to get into. Are you but I know it's, Instagram is bad for you? One might think I'm implying that. <laughs> no, um, <fair> the, uh, so for me, it's an interesting parallel where it is, it's a higher barrier entry point. It's also expensive, but like for me that, you know, you know, I, I, I clearly believe price equals quality. Um, but like the idea that you kind yeah. of create a commitment financially, you create, you know, there's an upfront cost, but it's worth it, um, is an interesting zone to be playing in higher commitment, higher cost apps, experiences, etc. um, in some form that create kind of walled garden experiences. The, the ways in which quality is perceived and how like price is ascribed are like pretty interesting just to jump back to the like product design of like an event or like a, even like a festival like experience. One thing that I learned from people who've been doing this a lot longer than I have, which was like really not obvious was like what, like where, like how to set up like the core values for one of these things and think about like what it means to bring people together and like, actually have a schedule that's like not well-defined yeah um and how and but how do you design the physical space and enough content programming to like kind of not even like force but just like tease some of these like intersections of people and ideas and experience and then just see what happens yeah Uh, it's a really kind of fascinating thing one of the first things i went to that really Struck me in this way was food, food camp. camp. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, and it was the first time I'd gone to a conference like thing. This is probably like two thousand three or two thousand four. And what? Uh, so, food camp for your listeners was this. It's called Fred. It's a, an old Unix joke, a recursive uh, acronym. Friends of O'Reilly. Um, um, and it's a guy named Tim O'Reilly who has this great publishing company. They published a lot of books about technology, and he got his friends together the foo, if you will, um, to just go to their campus and camp over the course of a weekend. It was like a three day weekend and just talk about whatever. And there was no agenda. It's an un- it was the first unconference. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And that, that's now like a familiar sort yes. of thing, but it wasn't at the time. And it was really like being there was like a really, I mean, I look back on that again, like a, like a, 
first time at Burning Man, first time on the internet. Like it yeah. felt really different than other things I'd experienced at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another one where, again, like the commitment, it's annoying to get to. People travel in for it. You have to camp. Like there's a bunch of barriers you create to like curate beyond just obviously having access in the first place. Anyway. Can we build those barriers online? I mean, I think it's a fascinating question. I, I mean, uh, it, I don't like, feel like there's a product that's really deeply explored that yet. Do you? I mean, I think. It depends on how deliberate. I think there are these types of things online. Like there are private communities online. There's a really famous magic one that's like very, you know, off the grid, but apparently there's a great conversation. I would actually magic argue like, 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 like literal, like, not the cards, magicians. like the magicians. There's that's some, cool. there's some good stuff on that. I mean, I'm sure there, there's a lot of dark web stuff that neither of us know very much about. Oh, and man, then I'm fascinated by the dark web. And I then spent that much time exploring would, it. Have you? No. I would argue that things like, honestly, like the information have an element to this. Like, you know, in general, I would argue the information's Slack group, you know, oh, is like awesome. a very different conversation than you have publicly on the web. Sam, you're not allowed to say this because you're, an, oh wait, everybody who's listening to this is an information subscriber. I was just going to tell people to subscribe, subscribe, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, these, these I, I think you can create it, but I do think that there's an interesting question about. With all these spaces, I mean, a lot of them haven't been deliberately created this way. They just kind of happened. And the question is, like, if you took the exercise of saying, how do you create spaces like this online? For what? With what values? What do they end up looking like? Yeah. Um, and more generally, as like a sort of like thesis for building new business, there are like two different ways into this. One is to build a community around a kind of specific or deliberate experience. Another is to go look at existing groups of people, like information subscribers, like Jessica hosts her summits and stuff. But they're like a wide variety of things you can do with an existing group of people to like bring them together. I feel like that's an area where we're going to see like lots more exploration. Yeah. I mean, it turns out a lot of these business models aren't new. It's not new stuff, but there is this new context of effectively going from a world where like it was hard to go seek out a thing to a world where it's actually quite easy. What's really, really hard is to step away from everything else. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Justin, always a pleasure. Sam, we'll do it again sometime soon. I enjoyed it. 